<laughs> All right, so this is uh, officially the first podcast for Theory Inc. And this whole entire channel show, whatever you want to call it, um, we're kind of broadcasting a bunch of different places. We're going on SoundCloud to be able to go on iTunes. Obviously, YouTube channel is probably the biggest thing. And we have the website, theoryinc.com. But the entire premise of everything we're doing at Theory Inc. is to just look into crazy crap just to see what is going on with the world and the mysteries and the ponderings of the universe and you know i think i think it's important to start out when we first go into any kind of uh a thematic elements for anything we do in a show or what have you is to kind of give an idea of what we actually believe in or what we actually take uh to be truth because i can tell you right now just scouring the hours and hours especially on youtube is i is i never know what the actual creators believe they always kind of just go and then there is this guy that showed up and he said he was an alien blah 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 and i'm just gonna take it all for granted because that's what good content is and so i kind of want to start the first episode just to kind of make it clear like what is what is it that we believe uh what is it that we actually are interested in and what we're going to be covering covering in all these podcasts that we that go on. So, uh, for starters, I suppose people want might want to know what the topics we're going to be covering. And then we'll get into, I guess, and then we'll get into the whole what we believe in. Um, but for this podcast, like I said, anything that's mysterious, anything that creates a pondering in your soul. Something, anything from aliens, the paranormal... Oak Island, Derek. Have you? We never talked about Oak Island. Have you heard of this thing? No. We're not going to get into it now, but oh man, that's going to be a great show. Don't Google it before the show. Well, you spend most of your time with baboon butts anyway, so. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I, can I know. Guarantee it won't be on Oak Island. I know we spent a lot of time talking about the Mandela effect, which is pretty cool. That kind of took a down downturn. I haven't heard anything about the Mandela effect lately, but stuff like that we're going to get into. Simulation theory, one of my favorites, uh, because I think there's actually a, at least a logical plausibility of us living in a simulation. But these are all topics. Like Everything's pretty much on the table. Conspiracies is another one, like anything, especially government-related. I think that's one that we both really like. Um, but... Let's start asking, what is our poison? So, Derek, what are some of the topics that particularly get you going in your pondering? Oh, man. So, again, government conspiracy is definitely number one. Um, that's just a, kind of an insatiable rabbit hole. I mean, I, I will just continue down those. And uh, before I know it, you know, it's three o'clock in the morning and I'm like, what am I doing? Oh, yes. <laughs> um second but just barely etched out would be baboon butts for sure uh, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's part of the fringe conspiracy that not a lot of people have attached to yet right. so, uh, he's on the cutting you know, edge of that conspiracy <laughs> yeah yeah now that i've uh moistened your palates get ready because we're coming full force with baboon butts. no i uh uh definitely uh ghosts man the paranormal uh the yeah. occult always been fascinated with that stuff i've had a couple of you know despite being anecdotal i have i have evidences and experiences that i have that are very Go real and really uh, in terms of government yeah. stuff or i'm no, sorry no, no, no. stuff yeah yeah there was one in particular that uh i actually journaled and uh it's 
even when I talk about it or as I recount the story to other people, it's just that that fear was so real. And I, I'm, I'm able to connect wow. to that emotion every time I even share the story. So it's uh, that stuff really, really gets me excited, man. Um, had a buddy that I in, in Arizona that I actually did a little bit of ghost hunting with. Um, but it was you more did ghost the, hunting. You actually did ghost hunting with somebody. I did. Yeah. He, he had what? a lot of his own equipment. Um, equipment what how am <laughs> yeah, i just man. hearing about this because <laughs> uh, usually we only talk about uh you know the posterior of bible <laughs> <laughs> and the mandela effect and how they overlap the mandela effect. Yeah. <laughs> that butt was not the same yesterday <laughs> right right is it baboon butts or botched plastic surgery for lips that's, you have to know. Is there a difference? Here's the questions the universe beckons, you know? Yeah, that's true. But, uh, no, those those would definitely be top two. But government conspiracy as of late, uh, yeah. the place that I work at right now, my boss is big, big, big into government conspiracy. And so he's always throwing things my way that uh, just can't turn my brain off for him, man. I just I can just keep going on him, so. So you mentioned um, so government conspiracy, but also kind of uh, the occult, and obviously those overlap quite a bit. I mean, like the skull and bones. Like I'm, I'm assuming you're really into that. Caught me right when I took a drink, Rusty. You caught me right when I took a drink. <laughs> That's what but I yes. do. <laughs> we got him. We got him. Got him. Got him. That's down. a wrap. No, but yeah, no, I, I I love that stuff because there there is like true connections. I remember, do you remember when uh, Alex Jones before he was Alex Jones, I guess, where he did the whole Bohemian Grove? I remember that's probably when I first got into like major government conspiracies where I started. I mean, I, you'd hear about them and it's kind of like cool, but that was the first time where I was like, whoa, hold on, hold on, are you telling me this is actually happening? Like this is potentially a real thing and uh obviously there's there's uh criticisms on that conspiracy and there's criticism on those cons- criticisms on that conspiracy but that was the first time where it kind of like in like sunk into me like holy shnikes there might be something going on there absolutely man alex jones was just uh such a purveyor of that stuff too and and, and the way he presented it it was hate on him all you want but the guy he's he's an entertainer man i mean it's just yeah. as simple as that but Turn Some the freaking of the frogs gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, and, and Pizzagate, and uh, just yeah. just a lot of the stuff he was about. But you know, some of it, man, with with the the documented evidence, it's just like that that was that stuff was really going on. Like, yeah, I don't know. And, yeah. and again, so it's it's strange. I kind of came to a point where, like, I would only take Alex Jones kind of serious like i felt like you know when you have a when you have a show going on and (laughs) speaking of shows that are going to be relying on mysteries in order to do something with their lives but uh you you kind of start stretching things or maybe the his own paranoia starts getting the best of him i don't know but like at some point like i wouldn't yeah he lost credibility with me i'll be honest but it's but you would have to wonder like how much of what he's saying is true and so there's probably a certain percentage of what he actually uncovered was true the rest is pretty crazy and and i guess i stopped listening to him in any real sense when he started selling like a bunch of these uh like health beneficial things that like i don't know like it started getting a little weird for me there and then and i think it was also got weird after when he was on joe rogan did you see that one do you watch do you watch podcast that was like holy cow he's going deep maybe he's right i don't know i i claim to know nothing 
that's that's my stance on all this. But uh, that was a little deep. He <laughs> went down the rabbit hole on that one for me. And that's I've, I've always wondered that about Alex Jones myself. You know, if you if you tread that line for as long as you do. Right. When are you when do you lose that discernment that like, you know, that where do you completely detach from reality and everything becomes real? Right. Or yeah, and that's it's so true, man. And it's I don't know. I, I lost him at the same point, you know, when he's just like, you know, all these conspiracies like right on the cusp of, and then he's like, buy this low testosterone pill. And it's like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, <laughs> We're gonna break into this. This evil will not stand. We will get into the heart of what's going on with this Hillary conspiracy. Now, if you want to be healthy and have a big girth. <laughs> <laughs> but you know at the same time like realistically that's what that's what podcasts do you know what i mean like i i I, who knows if this podcast will ever get to the point where we have a sponsor but but it's just the intensity at which he goes and his certainty that's what i that's where i start losing credibility with people is when they're so certain do you ever get that like when someone's like so sure about something now if you have an eyewitness testimony about something that's different but if you're so certain that this and this and this and this and this and this is happening you eventually get to a point where it's like okay you're not even questioning it anymore you're just coming right out the gate and saying the frogs are freaking turning gay you know and that that's yeah that's why I, I I tend to to draw away from being so certain about things. In fact, I don't think there's anything in my life that I'm certain about. But that's another conversation for a philosophy show that we might have. All right. So uh, so yeah. So your poison is all that sort of stuff. Uh, I I overlap completely. What I tend to focus on is a lot more to do with like I love the pseudoscience stuff. I love like anytime there's any kind of I wouldn't say evidence. That's too strong of a word but like any any kind of data that's connected to a theory a conspiracy theory or even like theory about reality um for example i had mentioned that simulation theory is certainly one of my number ones just because it's brought out by a very hard to deny logic thought experiment are you familiar with with that thought experiment it's from uh neil bostrom negative it's basically i don't want i'm not gonna go into it. it's online everybody can look it up and i'll spend all day trying to explain it and i'm horrible at explaining things but the basic concept is that look we're eventually going to get to a point where we're simulating universes and to a point where they're indistinguishable from reality and you can say okay well there's only one base reality quote unquote the one we live in but how many copies of world of warcraft are there think about that if there's going to be a complete 100% exact as reality simulation, then there's going to be a mass production of these simulations. So the chances of you being in base reality is equivalent to being one in however many copies of World of Warcraft there are. That's kind of anecdotal, but you get the idea, right? Like it's like there's going to be so many copies of it running what are the chances you are actually in base reality? And I don't know that, that to me triggered like a holy crap moment. Um, also anything to do with consciousness, uh, aliens is a big one right now. That's, I mean, that's all over the place, especially as these, uh, Oh, who's that guy from link 182? What's his name? Tom DeLong. 
Yeah. Like he's really he's really kind of pushing it into the, the uh, mainstream. And then obviously the government came out and uh, they said, hey, we're taking UFOs seriously. And that's not conspiracy. That's like a legitimate uh, uh, announcement, if you will. Not to mention like all the credible witnesses um, that have talked about it. And I say credible in terms of like their leadership positions or scientists or, you know, military leaders, that sort of thing. In fact, I'm, my next video that I'm putting out for the channel is going to be about that. So that'll be that'll be interesting um, to kind of see because I'm taking a whole approach of like why I think it's credible. And I like to think myself as somewhat skeptical on things. I love to be fooled or tricked or even whatever but at the same time i like i want to see why it would be credible and just the sheer number of people that have come out and talked about the the ufo uh, conspiracy is is just astounding to me so yeah Good so words, yeah thank Good you words. yeah yeah but uh yeah S so i think force say again is force s force Oh, space force. <laughs> yeah, space force. Good old Trump is yeah. bringing that. What's uh, Tom DeLonge's? Uh, what's his company called? Or what is he? Something about like reach, reach for the stars. No, not his. <laughs> yeah, his band. His band yeah. has seen some crap. No, uh, re- something about to the stars academy or something like that. I can't remember. Uh, to the stars academy. I think that's what it is. Yeah, we'll go All with right. that. As you can see, I am no shape or form any kind of authority <laughs> on any of this. That's the problem is like having a horrible memory. Maybe that's what leads me to like get really into this stuff because I just forget everything and then come back on it again and go, oh, wow, that's that's reality. But in the stars Academy of Arts and Science. Uh, did you find it? Oh, you did. did. There it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that stuff. He gets a lot of crap though. Like if it, it's kind of divided this these uh, these days in the uh, alien communities or UFO communities, whatever you want to call it. It's like people are on Tom's side, and then other people are saying that he's a shill, like he's uh he's being played by the government. Have you heard any, anything about this? Oh yeah, yeah. My both of my bandmates, previous bandmates, were huge Blink fans, and kind of. Uh, as a result, uh, they were believers and believers. It's gone, it's gone so back and forth, man. Like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm with the, the fringe now. Like I, I'm, I'm part of the belief that it's like, he's, he's being played. Uh, but he, he was a mainstream enough name that it's like, I don't know, man, I've, I've gone back and forth so many times. I've read a lot of his literature. I've, I've read a lot of the stuff that he's put out and it's just, Sometimes it's he's just right there on the cusp of being Alex Jonesy to me, and I'm just like, man, <laughs> you know. And so yeah. he he lost me on a couple things, but I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. I'm excited to see what he does in the next five years. Well, it's funny because you talking. you follow like anything he does or says on on you know his YouTube channel you know uh twitter like it's always like something crazy's coming something's coming it's gonna blow your mind i've been talking to some people you know this crazy stuff's coming and then at some point you just gotta go okay well this is uh starting to feel like a marketing ploy you know like this is not uh right this isn't i would say a big giant whistleblower thing because i don't know i don't know and 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 it leads to the the speculation too like why would they why would the government be stringing them along so there's, it does kind of lend to 
I guess, ponderings on why would the government even bother with him to begin with. And so maybe there are aliens or maybe there's not, but it does, like, you have to come to the conclusion that something weird is going on and he's involved with the government in some way, shape, or form. So whether that proves aliens or not, no, but it proves that the government is interested. So there's something. But uh, we do have uh, just some some first thoughts, um, or I guess some first uh, concepts and ponderings that we want to go through. We spent a little bit of time uh, preparing something, so we wanted, and I think that's what we'll do in the show too. Is we're going to have a couple of uh, things that we just happen to be going across throughout the week because obviously we spend way too much time, as Derek said, that we are spending. You know, staying up till three in the morning because we go down some random rabbit hole. So that's what this show is mostly going to be is just throwing out some of these concepts, whether it's aliens, Mandela Effect, Oak Island, which now I want to do that next. If you've never heard of that, that's going to be a trip. And uh, and just share what, what we have and then what our theories on them. We like to get uh, very irresponsible and just throw out random theories without any kind of facts as well. So that's that'll be fun. <laughs> what did I my last video that I did I think it was on the simulation theory I just said something at the end of it that was like now it's time to be completely irresponsible and start throwing out theories that people might believe but that's what we're doing I don't think we're I don't know do you, do you feel the need to try to convince anybody on any theories or do you think it's more like a wow this is interesting maybe it's a thing maybe it's not no I can't say that I feel so strongly about something that I would want to try and dissuade someone to think otherwise or you know it put the information out there and let people you know use their their minds to uh to explore things and, and to develop their own thoughts on things at the least that's my my take on things I, I don't i don't like when people really come at me with things like that so so long yeah. as it's uh you know it's kind of opening your mind to some different ideas and uh presenting the information no harm in that yeah, no, I agree. It's it's very much, I don't know, it's just so crazy. There's so many theories. Like, I, I don't, uh, again, we're going down the same conversation, but, like, I just don't understand how people can be so certain about things. But, at the, like, so that's, like, the skeptical side of me. It's always, like, well, how do you know for sure? Like, okay, there's some evidence, and that's very compelling, but to stake your life on it, I don't know. But I think that's, like, kind of the, I don't know if that's the internet age, maybe, Maybe it's just like we we want to be so sure about things so we can get all the followers and and likes and all these sort of things, or that's that's always happened. I don't know, but just it blows me away how sure people are about these theories. I don't know. No, it's uh, and and that's I guess mainly for me is with everything that we present, just just keep a a healthy and rational state of mind. You know, don't. I, I will never present anything as as an absolute fact. At least I'll, I'll do my best not to. Yeah. Uh, you you should question. If there's one thing that I've learned, man, it's it's to be inquisitive and question a lot of information that's out there. Um, but so I feel like so long as we're bringing those discussions to the table and then we're entertaining some of those thoughts and ideas, you know, uh, I'll, I'm I'm certain I'll be making decisions of my own. You know, that's just kind of human nature. It's like, yeah, that's hogwash, but. Uh, yeah. At the same time, you know, just like I said, keep an open mind. I think we'll have uh, some great conversations and uh, 
maybe certainly for me, explore some topics that, uh, that are new to me. And if nothing else, keep me awake at night. So, <laughs> yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong with, it's almost like when you're watching a movie, right? And you have this certain suspension of disbelief. I think it's, I, th- I think people are commonly afraid to just let yourself believe it for a little bit. You know what I mean? I, Maybe they're worried about getting brainwashed. And who the hell knows? Maybe I'm brainwashed myself. But I think there's people have this like fear of just allowing the information to wash over you. I wouldn't say pretend, but allow it to be possible, right? Allow like the idea of aliens to be possible. Allow the idea, even if something is silly, what I, I guess is more on the silly spectrum for me, like Bigfoot. What if? What if? The, just give yourself a chance to say, what if? What if it is real? Give yourself the evidence. Go ahead and go down the rabbit hole to go, oh, maybe it is. Maybe it is. And then just try it on like you're going to try on a scarf or something. And you're not going to get brainwashed. You're not going to get to a point where you're going to. You know, I say that, but then I think about Tom DeLonge. <laughs> I think about Alex <laughs> Jones. Oh, maybe not. But I, I don't know. For me, anyway, I've always done that. I've always kind of approached it in the sense of of what is going on here? Give me the information. Let me think about it. Let me ponder about it. And let me just put on the hat and just wear it around a couple of days. And then for whatever reason, it never, it never took over my mind, at least maybe, maybe as, and I'm just completely unaware of it, but, but it just doesn't seem like people are willing to give any of these ideas a chance. And I think that's dangerous for society. I think we need to be able to have a actually open mind. And I think open minds are actually, somewhat rare they really are even in people that are conspiracy theorists like if you sit there and tell them hey look it just doesn't add up this conspiracy is probably bogus then they're not open-minded enough to be able to say well what if it isn't what if it is all bunk you know it's weird we get in these stuck in these channels all right so the first uh first one i wanted to go over uh, as far as uh, cons- you know, different theories and ponderings and mysteries of the universe is out-of-place artifacts, or they could be called ooparts. Have you heard of this, Derek? This is a first for me, so I'm excited. It's you probably seen the concept because it does down. You know, you go down the rabbit hole long enough, eventually you get to uh, to. the concept of you know like ancient civilizations and all these different uh you know alien visitations so you've probably seen some of this i'm sure but there but i didn't know until probably a week or two ago that they had an official name for one of the branches of these ancient aliens or ancient artifacts or ancient civilizations or forbidden archaeology maybe that maybe that rings a bell for you forbidden archaeology I got nothing. Wow. Okay. Well, this is going to be fun then. So the out-of-place artifacts. So I have it up on my screen here, uh, the wiki page anyway. That's where you always start, right? Uh, An out-of-place artifact is an artifact of historical, archaeological, or paleontological interest found in, in an unusual context that challenges conventional historical chronology and obviously i'm not going to read this whole thing but the concept is that we have a very strong understanding of what human history is right we go okay well it started uh you know probably around six thousand years ago as far as civilization goes right uh they look at i think cuneiform was like four thousand years ago i'm totally throwing these numbers out there but 
you you get the ballpark. So we're just talking about a handful of thousands of years that civilization has even been able to have a civilization to be able to have writing, maybe agriculture, um, some kind of uh, monarchy, what have you, the government rather. But every so often there is this random artifact that just kind of just screws everything up. Like it just, they comes in and it goes, <laughs> I'm actually uh, man-made, but I was, I don't know, encased in a rock that's 500 million years old. What? <laughs> I'm just some random artifact or like tool that is way too advanced for 4,000 years old. Stuff like that. So you probably have seen some of this, but I compiled just kind of a list of the ones that kind of blew me away. But the first one is the Koso Artifact. So I'm going to pull this up here. Uh, I have a video that talks about the Koso Artifact. And it's kind of crazy. All of these, to be granted, like I've never, I guess, for the for the record, all of these that, we, uh, that I'm going to go over, um, clearly they have some uh, criticisms in terms of having that craziness. Oh, wow, this was that that old this is really that millions of years old there's criticism so i suggest anybody to look into it on their own but it's drawing a lot of attention a lot of attention um to uh the where they call these forbidden archaeologists that are uh poo-pooed by the main stream of uh, archaeology but I'll, I'll show this video first uh just for the record this is from the history channel andy bell is the YouTube channel or a YouTuber that uh, if you want to go check out their stuff, uh, they got some good stuff. But I'll play this video just so you guys can watch. Los Angeles engineer Charles Ruggles thinks he has discovered the key to the mysterious petroglyphs. These are scientific drawings. They could be taken right out of a physics textbook. They show sine waves. They show triangle waves. They show square waves. Uh, they show electromagnetic circuitry. They show switching. They show almost everything that we could think of in a modern electronics and electromagnetic laboratory. These petroglyphs tell a very intriguing story, and it's very much worth investigating. The Indian folklore tells about two flying objects that collided in space over Death Valley, and one of them fell in Mustard Canyon. The folklore doesn't tell where the other one fell. Now, where these two objects, which made forced landings or actually fell, there was damage, and someone came to repair them. When these alien people disassembled these spacecraft, they did it in such a way that they could hopefully reassemble them. And as they disassembled it, it was recorded on apparatus such as this or other forms of uh, communication. To the Indians, these symbols which these aliens made were the symbols of the gods and magic to them. And that's why they reproduced them in the area. One of the most unusual reports in recent years tells of a discovery made near the Coso Mountain Range in Southern California. 
as represented here for In Search Of, three rock hounds were out looking for interesting samples to add to their collections. They had already been looking for hours that hot day in July. What they found looked innocent enough, a geode common to that area. Yet, it somehow seemed different. Later, after they saw the rock in half, they felt they had made a unique discovery. That inside was a strange ceramic-like material resembling some electrical device, like a spark plug. How old was it? While the findings have never been verified, the rock hounds claimed that a geologist placed the age of the object at 500,000 years. X-ray results were published, and they were astonishing. The object did not appear to be naturally formed. No one today can explain its existence. Is this confirmation that Earth Base 1 was located in the southwestern United States? It's insane when you actually look at some of these. I'm pulling up some of these images now so you can kind of see them. Um, in fact, let me go back to so you can see the. And just for those that I know some of these, uh, some people are going to only be listening to the audio portion of this. But it is, at least looks, unman-made. Or man-made. Unnatural, but man-made. Do I explain it? Yeah. You, you have to explain they, it for uh, the, the entire world. This is it. This is all your all your uh, training has come to this. <laughs> they, uh, they put it in there. See, that's that's what they did. Yeah. They, they put it in the rock. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Let me, uh, let me write, let me write a letter. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, they, they drilled a hole and then put a spark plug in it, Rusty. Uh, it's... Come on, man. <laughs> Clearly. Okay. Well, let me let me write an email. Jeez. This whole time. <laughs> if you're going to throw softballs, I'll knock them out of the park every time, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, and it could be, like, obviously, the funny thing about any of these phenomenons is that statistically, phenomenons are going to happen. We just don't know how they're going to manifest. So you're going to see weird stuff all the time. So it could be just chopped up to that, just some weird rock structure that happens to uh, look like that. But it's, but you have to like think about the, about the compounding statistical nature of a circle within a circle, metallic, seemingly very reminiscent of what something that looks like today. I don't know. Can't explain it, but it certainly is insane. Do you know how uh, this... I don't know. This might be more of a question for somebody that knows more about geodes and stones specifically. But uh, that's me. You know... Okay, perfect. <laughs> do you know how precise the art of aging a stone uh, is, as far as what what methods they use? Like the actual like carbon dating and all that. Correct. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've I've heard if you okay so. This is me just grabbing crap out of the air and relying on my memory, which is always a bad idea. But if you ask, like, the average geologist 
or anybody that's involved in any kind of carbon dating, they'll tell you it's pretty accurate. Like within a within a couple hundred years or even 50 years, it could be depending on how. I guess it gets more funky the older it gets. But if you say something's 500,000 years old. It's probably true. Now, where it gets a little funky, which actually I found out during the research of this, was that some rocks, depending on the climate that it's in, like if it's under a waterfall or something like that, will give the appearance of it being older than it actually is. So where they find it matters, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. So they they carbon date it. They have to have the context of where they actually found the thing. But as you saw in the video, this guy just picked it up right off the ground. That was documentary. That wasn't a <laughs> – no, it wasn't. That was History Channel having fun. But, um, yeah, it really matters. Like, context really matters for these sort of things. And so my guess is because they haven't really answered the Corso artifact in terms of what it actually is, that they considered the context and they considered it from all angles – and maybe some, maybe they have answered this, and I just haven't seen it. But uh, it still remains a mystery, as far as I know. So my my follow up question to that is, um, because again, if you're an archaeologist or a paleontologist, but you have nothing published as far as your findings, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> you're just a person walking around aimlessly through the desert, right? You're just a so, YouTuber, <laughs> <laughs> right? How how easy is it to create? Something. I mean, if you if you know as much as you do about uh, geodes and rock formations and carbon dating and everything else, how easy would it be to create something like this? I mean, if, uh, if, you, if you have that I don't knowledge, know. yeah. And that, that's that's where the the only question I have to ask myself is, you know, because who is this person person otherwise? You know, of of what right. other significance is the is the life of this this individual that found it, this archaeologist? So. Yeah, is, I, is that a, is that a motivator? Absolutely. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. Like you know, in, behind every conspiracy, there's always some kind of greed or something like that that's involved. By the way, uh, William Smith boy just said hey, and he uh, decided to follow us. So thank you very much, William Smith boy. Appreciate and, that, William. Thanks. And uh, hey, back, sir. Or well, William Smith. I guess it's a guy. Could be a girl. I don't know. Um, that's gonna be fun, right? I should probably just never mention gender on this ever. Yeah. Good idea. <laughs> but uh, no, but to your point, I th I don't know. I mean, I'm no expert, obviously, but I can't imagine you could form a rock and be within, I don't know, 100 years. Could you form a rock within a lifetime? Like in terms of tricking the carbon daters to show that this thing has oxidized for millions of years that it's formed through, I don't know, sand or whatever process <laughs> rocks are made. Clearly I'm a geologist, but I don't know that you can actually, how would you fake that? Like, how would you take okay, let me and form a rock that not only are you forming said rock, but you're tricking other experts in the field on how old it is. That seems crazy to me. Let me, let me dig, dig down a little deeper for you. Yeah. Um, not necessarily the, the formation of a rock itself and then the presumably arduous process of aging it where you could thereby, you know, have, have somebody else in your field agree that, yes, this is that old. Do they have pictures of it when it was whole before they cut it open? So, oh, so you're saying 
they cut it open. So it's just some random dude walking around. He's like, I'm going to be the next geologist. I'm going to be the Steve Jobs of geology. And he cuts a rock in half, sticks in a spark plug, and then just says, woohoo, look what I found. Is that what you're saying? So, so and beyond that, what was the work that happened afterwards? What, what, what's been done as a result of this finding? Have they dug at that site, you know, to, to extreme right. extents to try and prove what, what if this was some kind of 5,000 year old, you know, electrical, uh, what, what did they say? Spark plug? Well, they, they, they didn't call it a spark plug. They said it resembled a spark plug, and it, or spark plug, and it seemed to uh, have some kind of electrical function to it. And that's so, so, that's using the word ceramic, seam, right? Ceramic and metal, you know, with uh, a presumption of electronic use. Okay, so that in and of itself poses a question: what What is it? Can we find more of them? If it was found in that certain area, are they digging to look for more? I bet you so they I'm, did, I'm but expect- they probably didn't find anything. So, does that add to the mystery and intrigue, or does that disprove it? Um, for, you, think, for for me, for, for me, me, it kind of adds yeah. to it. To be honest, to the intrigue that they didn't find anything yeah. else there. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think so. I mean, what else could you do? I mean, it's, and I think. When it, like looking into this, like they have the Corso, okay, is it our fact reminding of a spark plug? The thing that makes it so unique is really the shape of said artifact that they found. So the the shape that it shows up does not. Oh, you pop up jerk. Okay, um, the shape of it is clearly not found in nature. So I think what they're really relying on here. They say spark plug, but it's but I think that kind of throws people off, and it kind of that's a little clickbaity, if you will. But I think what's really the mystery here is the fact that it's the sh- the shaped the way it is, and has very clear. Um, I should say clear because that's very certain, but it has what would look like man-made elements within it, stuck in a geode. And that's kind of as far as it goes. So if you were, let's say this is all bogus, if you're going to go and look for other artifacts and blah, 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 and you didn't find anything, that to me, to answer your question, would almost discredit it further, right? Like it would say, this is a random organic, just it happens to look like this, I don't know why, just, you know, we're expected to have some weird anomalies, right? We're expected to have... um, strange coincidences in our life so maybe it's just the way it formed just looks completely like a electrical component but if now if they found a secondary object there that was the same then i would be like whoa there's some real stuff going on either way it's intriguing to me don't get me wrong but yeah does that make sense absolutely but this one in particular man like uh oh man what was the movie called where the there's like the the religious Bill Ted's excellent adventure no negative wrong <laughs> absolutely wrong <laughs> don't cut me off again but uh <laughs> no. devaluing where this conversation there's this uh religious guy that he Whoa. basically he Sorry. creates his own uh religious artifacts that people then come to believe in and then they make these mega churches and it's, it's all fake. It's all, it's all a fallacy. Yeah. 
And it's very, it's, it's, and the reason I, I, I tell you this is because of the lead in, you know, three are, uh, you know, people out in the wilderness looking for something. And all he did was pick up a random geode, you know? Yeah. And, and so it's like, how did, how was it them? How was it that area specifically? How was it one? What was the intrigue to pick up that one geode in that, the first place? I wondered that too. Like, why is he go? Oh, look at that thing. I don't know. That's weird. We don't have that information, right? <laughs> right, right. And so that's, you know, look look at that rock-shaped rock. W- what's the intrigue? I don't understand. <laughs> it, I mean, geode, it does say it's a geode. And I know a lot of people that um, they specifically go out geode hunting. Or maybe it wasn't specifically going out hunting for geodes. But, you know, I assume there's a way to discern, oh, that's probably a geode. I'll pick that up and take it home, you know? So geodes have to have some kind of external uh, difference in appearance to, you know, have this guy pick it up rather than just being another rock. So that that does have some forgiveness there, I think. Okay. And then when he opened it, obviously, he shoved a spark plug in there. No, I don't know. And it's so strange because obviously I want to be extremely skeptical of this. But you look at this thing. I mean, it's like, how does that form naturally? I don't know. But I am not a geologist. All right. I got more for you. Uh, the This one, this one's crazy to begin with. The London Hammer. Have you uh, seen this guy? Oh. So let me pull up some more images. I don't have a fancy video on this one. But the London Hammer... Uh, well, let me ask ask you. Does that that look man-made or does that look like a natural formation? I don't really see it. Sorry. Oh, yeah, you might have to go to... It's okay if you go to your, uh, the Hangouts to see my screen. Me looking at you, looking at me? (laughs) Yep. Yeah, we need to figure that out. Oh, well. But, uh, no, th- this this London Hammer, which is something I can, Like, it's the one for me. For some reason, this gets me. Um, but I do have some criticisms about it as well. But that... Uh, maybe it gives it away in my... No, I guess it doesn't. But how old would you venture to guess that this might be? This rock that is... Now, keep in mind, the rock is surrounding the hammer. For those of you that are just listening, it's basically what looks like a metal hammer that was forged in a piece of wood, or like you would just like have a normal... Uh, I don't know, what would you call it? A, I don't want to say a stick. You know what I'm saying. Like a, a wood-fashioned handle is going right in between the metal that has very... The metal itself has very defined ridges... That looks like it's forged. Like it looks like a regular hammer. Right? This is supposed to be that rock that it's surrounding. That's, you know, it's just another description. Is, you know, like you see those images of like a bike that's been left over for a hundred years and like a tree forms around it. Well, the same thing kind of happens with, or like a fence. You might have seen that, like a fence where a tree starts absorbing the fence. Well, that happens with rocks as well. Well, that's what this looks like is this hammer is being completely absorbed by a rock. They dated that rock as 400 million years. (laughs) 400 million. Now look at it. 
Now, you said uh, earlier, you're like, whoa, what if uh, they uh, just cut it open and put a spark plug in it, right? But look, that rock is forming around the handle right there. It's not like, like that one kind of, like, how would you stick that guy in there? I don't know. How would you? You couldn't. I would assume, like, is the wood petrified? I didn't find that. I, I was looking for that, too, to see if, like, the wood itself was petrified um, from that handle. But uh, the only thing I could really find was that the rock itself was dated as 400 million years old. So what That's is it? Crazy. Are we dating things wrong? Is this thing, like, remnants of an ancient civilization? That's way before. What do they say? Earth is like six billion years old, or something like that. I guess four hundred million compared to that is not that long. All right, we'll get into all the theoretical stuff here. Now, I am going to share what the criticisms are. Remember earlier, I said something about the fact that it matters where they found the rock or found these artifacts. Well, this one might be the case because they say that because it was found, I guess, near water or something like that. And again, these are like geologists going back and forth. But essentially, it's uh, it matters. The context in which you find the actual artifacts matters. And so some scientists say it, it, it it's a trickery of the rock. And then the rock is actually probably closer from present. They don't even know. They don't even have a range, which I thought carbon dating was so much more clearer than that by the way we got uh, mac the youtube says hi then he says hello yep we're here i see ya thanks for joining us we're talking about ancient artifacts or out of place artifacts which has the coolest name called Uparts. so welcome um but they say that from present day some geologists say this is more like from present day to 700 years i thought carbon day was you know carbon dating was a lot more precise than that but maybe it just gets wonky if it's found near water or something like I don't know. I have no idea. But that Wait, one, give, if give me the range again. Say what? Give me the range again. Okay, so it's divided. So you have people that say it's four hundred. The rock that's surrounding it, that's that's covered this London hammer, four hundred mil, four hundred million years old, or from present to seven hundred years old. <laughs> come on man come on mac the youtube says he's interested in the third subject what's the third subject are you talking about spirit that's on the uh show because we have mind. we didn't even talk about that this is our first podcast we haven't even talked about that so it's the show is all about mind reality spirit and futurism and that covers every mystery topic ever created no but Mind being, uh, you know, consciousness, artificial intelligence, reality being simulation theory and different theory, like uh, I say Mandela effect goes under that spirit being paranormal, supernatural ghosts, that sort of fun stuff, the occult and uh, futurism, which is always a fun one that just looks into like what's going to happen, especially with artificial intelligence to kind of dip into the mind as well. Artificial intelligence is here and coming and I can't wait to start talking about that, but that's going to be another show. All right. So yeah, so there you go. So there, there's clearly an explanation on this. So maybe it's a lesson in let's not get too excited before uh, we start believing these things, but still 
That's crazy that our, that it's potentially 400 million years old. All right. Now, in your hometown here, we have the Great Wall of Texas. Have you heard of this one? No, sir. Oh my gosh, this is a this one's pretty crazy actually. So, there's a Great Wall in Texas where it's essentially um like they're debating whether or not this is actually man-made. Oh, you okay? Sorry, Mac the YouTube. Yeah, you said uh, that. Oh, it says ancient artifacts, something, but then sex robots. <laughs> He's interested in the sex robots. There you go. You got I a fan. You. <laughs> you got I a fan, Derek. <laughs> that's what, that's what brings everybody on board. That's futurism. That's that's Back, totally I'm futurism. You. I'm telling you. <laughs> we'll get to that. I'll, I'll speed through that because everybody uh, <laughs> gets like crap about ancient artifacts when we got sex robots lame. on the Ooh table. parts are lame. <laughs> Ooh parts. Give me the other parts. <laughs> Ooh parts. <laughs> okay. So the Great Wall of Texas, uh, it's in debate whether this is actually man-made or not. And just looking at the images here. I can see why people think it's man-made. And I can see why people think it's not. But there's clearly divides. The thing is, is you got to take into account, if this is not man-made, then we've never seen this um, geological phenomenon anywhere else. Or at least that would be the assumption, why people are making a big stink about it. You know what I mean? Like, uh... So you can go, I think it's too easy to just write it off and go, oh, well, if it's in question, if it's not man-made or not, then clearly it's just some random geological, you know, anomaly. But the reason why it's getting such a stink is because, or at least my assumption, I do have to say I have to assume because I haven't looked at every geological uh, paper that's ever been written, that this does has not occurred anywhere else in the world, so therefore the chances of it being man-made are actually a lot higher than you think. But how old would you guess this guy is? Like, how, how old do you think they dated the Great Wall of Texas? Uh, listen, but before I give you my number here, I wouldn't <laughs> put it past Texans to make some kind of wild or absurd claim without fact-checking other geological <laughs> anomalies. <laughs> They're like, well, well, Texas Texans built that. I can tell because it's in Texas. So let me let me just Texas clarify. <laughs> this doesn't li- exist anywhere else. Well, actually, we found eight hundred other. Nope, just Texas. <laughs> the originator of the universe. <laughs> so there's that. There's Texas pride. But I'll give you that. Yeah. If, if if I'm supposed to date it otherwise. I mean, hell, if I based it on the last one, it could be 4 billion or 700 years old. Who knows? You know? Older than the universe. (laughs) (laughs) That was floating around in nothingness before the universe was big banged. Uh, Oh, Mac the YouTube just followed us. Thanks, Mac the YouTube. Thank you, Mac. Appreciate you. Uh, So, uh, this is not as crazy, but still 200,000 to 400,000 years old. How about that? It's just such a discrepancy, man. Yeah. And there's a description here. A discrepancy. Uh, there's a there's a description here that in, in 1852, in what is now known as Rockwell, Colorado? Rockwell Co. It's a company. Sorry. 
I guess company? That doesn't make sense. That seems like that should have been a... Uh, should have been a city, but whatever. Texas uh, farmers digging a well. They were digging a well. Uh, what appeared to be an ancient rock wall, estimated to be some 200,000 to 400,000 years old. Some say it's a natural formation, while others say it's clearly man-made. Dr. John Geisman at the University of Texas in Dallas tested the rocks as part of a History Channel documentary. Documentary. He found that they were all magnetized in some way. There you go. Uh, suggesting they formed where they are and were not moved to that site from elsewhere. Geologist James Shelton and Harvard-trained architect John Lindsay have noted elements that seem to be of architectural design, including archways, lintled portals, and square openings that resemble windows. So it's not just the wall, but there's architectural anomalies that suggest, you know, that there is purpose in the the design of this. Windows, portals, archways. Do you have any pictures of that? Uh, no. Of course not. Right there. <laughs> so, I got one more for you. A nuclear reactor that is 1.8 million years Old. Nuclear reactor. Gabish. Alright, you ready for this? We're gonna watch this is it's video time now. So this is uh because I, I want to give make sure give credit where credit's due. This is from uh the channel Mystery History. It's uh one of my favorites. I, I, I watch a lot of these guys this guy's videos, so please like and subscribe to him uh when you find the time. He has great content. Um and uh here we go. In 1972, a French factory began importing high-quality rare uranium ore from Oklo in Africa's Gabon Republic. Many quickly began to wonder where they had acquired such a difficult thing to make. It turned out that the uranium had come from a place which should have rewritten the history books, yet it seems to have been quietly brushed into the archives of the past. They found the site of origin had functioned as a large-scale nuclear reactor. Amazingly though, this reactor was in operation some 1.8 million years ago and was functioning for over 500,000 years. These unbelievable claims were not made lightly or indeed by anybody. They were conclusions by some of the greatest minds on Earth. For example, Dr. Glenn T. Seaborg, former head of the United States Atomic Energy Commission and Nobel Prize winner for his work in the synthesis of heavy elements, explained to the press why he believed it wasn't a natural phenomenon and must have been a man-made nuclear reactor. He stated that for uranium to burn in a reaction, very precise conditions are needed. The water must be extremely pure, much purer than exists anywhere naturally. The material, U-235, is also necessary for this type of nuclear fission to occur, one of the isotopes not found naturally in uranium. Additionally, several specialists in reactor engineering have also come forward to testify that they believe the uranium in Oklo could not have been rich in U-235 enough for a reaction to take place naturally. It must have, somehow, been a man-made operation. And new research 
has only deepened the mystery, confirming that water regulated the nuclear reactions in a cyclic pattern similar to that of a geyser. Alex Meshik and his colleagues at Washington University of St. Louis have determined that the Oklo reactor, which comprises several separate sites, ran for 30 minutes and then shut off for two and a half hours before starting over. The time is characteristic of water infiltrating rocks and then being boiled off once reaction started. When the water all boiled away, the reaction stopped until new water percolated back down. This geyser-like activity also prevented a runaway reaction. It's amazing it didn't explode, Message said. Instead, it efficiently released energy in short pulses for an extremely long period of time. Just who could have possibly been around over 1.8 million years ago? Or more specifically, able to enrich uranium and create nuclear power? Is man's history on Earth really that old? It seems, according to numerous nuclear specialists and the compelling evidence they present, that is exactly the case. Boom. So there you go. What I find kind of particularly crazy that is that they had to have, in order for that to be a real theory, they had to kind of combine a few different things to work. In other words, they had not only the uranium that was taken out, but also they had there's you need to have a very pure water source to manage it, I guess. I don't know. I'm no nuclear physicist, but um, but then they found evidence that that was there. So what the heck, Derek? Uh, his name's God. Got him. I told you I needed a sound <laughs> soundboard. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of crazy. I mean, I mean, that could be all coincidental, I suppose, but. Just because it's not naturally reoccurring now, I mean, all of the things had to be this certain, the water had to be a certain quality. And like, I, I get that it's, you know, completely baffling, but I, I would, I would have to submit for your thought that there are crazier things that happen naturally in all around us. So I, I don't know that it's, I'm sorry, man, <laughs> that plus the, the scope of dating things now, like I just, yeah, I've, I've given up on carbon dating entirely. Like two million years old. Okay, but <laughs> and you got to realize, I, I just to be completely fair with everybody, I'm pulling all this crap from YouTube channels. I'm pulling it from, you know, like I'm not going to be sitting there going through all these, you know, peer reviewed papers and stuff. That's just not me. I like to speculate. <laughs> I like to theorize and just go completely stupid with this stuff. However, if I do do some research and I and I come across anything that's critical, I go down that rabbit hole as well. And I try to provide as much information on that as possible as well. But leave it to the responsibility of the viewer to research this stuff yourself. That said, in terms of this kind of being very intriguing for me, again, it's kind of, you know, you could... You could say that, okay, well, these things had to form in some way, shape, or form, but just the combined element. You know, I got another video. We're going to jump to this one, and it's going to happen right now. Same uh, thing? No, it's different. It's, well, same thing, but it's a different, uh, no, that's the same video. <laughs> right there. <coughs> 
This is, uh, it's, it's part of a larger video of, like, five clues advanced human civilizations existed millions of years ago. By the way, I need to credit Beyond Science, great YouTube channel that I also follow. Uh, creates a lot of ponderings. You should go check them out. Uranium ore from the Gabon Republic in Africa. To its surprise, it found that the uranium had already been extracted, which was confusing because there were no other factories that had the capability to extract uranium ore in the Gabon Republic. When the news of this broke, researchers from all around the world went to the site to investigate and found that the site of origin was a large-scale, highly advanced nuclear reactor that was created, get this, 1.8 billion years ago and was in operation for some 500,000 years. While many researchers explained it away as a wondrous yet natural phenomenon, Dr. Glenn T. Seaborg, former head of the United States Atomic Energy Commission and Nobel Prize winner, believes it wasn't a natural phenomenon at all and must be man-made. His reason is for uranium to burn in a reaction, very precise conditions have to be met. For one, the water must be extremely pure, much purer than what exists naturally anywhere in the world. Also, the material U-235 is necessary for nuclear fission to occur. Several specialists in reactor engineering have said they believe that uranium in the Gabon Republic could not have been rich enough in U-235 for a reaction to take place naturally. You know, if you think about it, why couldn't advanced human civilizations have existed tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or even millions of years ago? I mean, if this was true, it would actually explain so much much, right? Like all these megalithic structures that we have no idea how people were able to build them, all these sunken cities, mysterious discoveries. I've been doing this channel for a couple years now, and I've covered so many stories where researchers are saying... So that's more like the... You know, the, obviously the route that this guy goes is the ancient civilizations, which we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, like how did, how did that uranium get extracted? And then you have a nuclear... Physicists literally saying, look, it couldn't have happened without these things taking place. And boom, there it is. Got him. Speechless. I mean, okay, but <laughs> other than the forming of this uranium and, and, and these, you know, exact or specific criteria that had to be met, there, there still needs to be, the, the burden of proof is still on them. Like, yeah. How do you find just just the structure of the uranium being formed and then theorize and, and furthermore double down on the fact that it had to be a certain extraction method that, that did it? Okay, then f find me some tools. Find me some evidences or, or this great – I mean, because if, if you, you have to imagine that if – what were they using it for at the time that would have created enough value for them to – to mine it or to develop right. the methods to extract it. What's, well, what's the value? Well, you know what? Let's jump into it then because there's theories, right? There's a lot of theories of why these strange anomalies are happening, why we're seeing these... Uh... <laughs> now I just don't want to say the word, but ooparts. We're like oofarts. <laughs> no, but... Uh... <laughs> But why they exist? Like, why do we have these random, like, why are we so sure about the chronology of human history? But then all of a sudden these things kind of come in and derail. And there's so many more. Like, I, I, I picked a couple that I found personally interesting, but there are so many more that, that probably had a lot more intrigue involved. Like, um, I didn't go down the whole rabbit hole of, uh, well, I did do, personally, I went down the rabbit hole, but I, I wasn't going to share anything that was kind of like, look at this cave drawing that looks like a ufo right that's totally subjective 
you know it's totally up to the interpretation of whoever but there is a lot of it and then there's just all these you know some they found this little artifact that was you know three thousand years old or maybe they found it even in like ancient egypt i don't know but but it was like look exactly like a little watch have you seen that one no um i'm gonna see if i can find it it's like ancient watch i don't know but uh for those oh there it is yeah, there it is like it looks exactly like a little little watch I don't know else like how to like a little Rolex or something like that, and uh, in fact, it looked like a specific watch if I remember correctly. For those of you who are just on the audio of this, uh, essentially, I'm showing a picture of a guy with a magnifying glass showing it's almost like the size of a ring. So it's it would easily fit on somebody's finger, but it looks like it's made out of stone, some kind of limestone maybe. But it has a it's it has the face of a watch. It has our hand. A minute hand um even like ridges on the band to suggest like how you would normally see on a regular wristwatch and that sucker again i haven't done the research on this i just kind of remembered it now oh it was found by chinese archaeologists in 2008 uh, but they dated it well let's go to it let's check it out but they dated it uh in the from the ming dynasty okay so i i, I think i said like three thousand years old that's why you should never listen to me but 400 year old sealed tomb so 400 years old that thing was anyway so so what's the explanation what are the theories that are here well there's really three well three and a half because the three could be i guess there's four but the the first one is obviously that there's some kind of civilization that existed before we have any record that does not fit the chronology of what we've learned in schools. In fact, there uh, a lot of people who are familiar with these theories or a lot of, you know, that know about these ooh parts is uh, Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson. He, if you follow, did you, do you follow Joe Rogan much, Derek? I do. So that's worth a listen. He has a couple of them on, or he's had them on a couple of times. And they talk about, well, they talk about global warming kind of being, you know, it's not necessarily man-made. It's just what the earth does, how it, how it be. But one of the things that especially Randall, uh, I'm sorry, Graham Hancock really gets into is the fact that before potentially hundreds of thousand years ago maybe even millions there was some civilization that not only existed before we ever thought humans existed but were also with advanced technology that would open up a lot of these answers that or that would just answer all these questions that are popping up with all these ooh parts so that's one and that's a whole rabbit hole really want to if you want to go and google that if you want to kind of get it more into that side of the theories then that's going to be your um, uh, ancient civilization or, I guess, the uh, forbidden archaeology. The second one, which I think explains the nuclear one a lot more, is alien visitation. So you had, you know, imagine, say, how old did it say that stupid 1.8 million years ago is a nuclear reactor? They have everything billion. that shows... Huh? Billion with a B. Was it Billion? 1.8 billion. Oh my gosh. So, 
back then, if we were to follow uh, modern theories on uh, what the Earth was going through, is that it, you know, there was essentially no man running around, and aliens probably came here because they go, hey, look, we could use some of that uranium. They took advantage of the uh, the water that that was here to be able to do whatever they needed. Again, I'm no nuclear physicist, but they took advantage of that to be able to extract all that uranium. And so we don't have any tools or buildings or any kind of actual reactor in place because they just took it and they took off. And then to explain all the other ones, maybe there's alien visitation that uh, gave modern technology to early humans, which kind of spouted up the next rendition of uh humans and then all of a sudden which again going back to graham hancock says there was floods and there was uh you know like a biblical proportions take that for what it is but also that there was uh the ice age that we know of but there was humans well before that and it just completely got rewound the clock and the humanity had to start all over again and and everything is pretty much deteriorated except for these random anomalies that keep popping up so it's almost like we just keep doing the same thing over and over and over, and we keep getting better and better and better. And I don't know if we've ever gotten to the point where we are in humanity now with computers and airplanes and everything else, but it uh, just shows like maybe we just haven't gone in this iteration of humanity. We've gone the longest to the technology we have today, but before it was like they only got to the point where they could create a you know, random clock or what have you. So that's the that's that theory. And then the other one that's way out there. So I feel like these kind of are are getting crazier and crazier as I go, but the other theory there is that that's damn CERN particle accelerator screwing with everything again. <laughs> Do you ever come across that like people just as soon as there's some weird random thing like a Loch Ness monster shows up, they're like that damn CERN particle accelerator. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever hear you don't you don't come across that? No, my my I'm laughing because my uh my old boss, Ed Ed Finn, that was kind of his uh it was that his go-to was that or lizard people. Lizard people, yeah. That's a good one. David those, Ike, man, those, that was a trip. Those damn lizard people. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so the CERN, so for those of that are not familiar with it, the CERN particle accelerator essentially is what they, uh, they're smashing particles together, subatomic particles, uh, in order to create these little tiny black holes, but they're also, more than anything, they're trying to see what these uh, uh, qubits, is that what they're called? I can't remember. No. I can't remember. But uh, essentially, uh, just to understand more about the subatomic world, especially as it relates to quantum mechanics and the like. And a lot of people are concerned that that's messing, you know, whoa, you're creating tiny black holes. Whoa, you're messing with these random quantum crazies. And so they start saying, well, you're screwing with our dimension. You're bringing dimensions together. So what if all of these things that we've explained are just dimensions crossing so it doesn't matter time doesn't matter it doesn't matter if it's 1.8 million years ago it's just from another dimension and so it just looks that way to us or it was 1.8 million years ago well beyond our time but we just having these crossover dimensions and uh it's just screwing screwing with everything and that would be connected to the mandela effect which we know and love 
Oh, man. I, I don't know if I'm willing to uh, forge that <laughs> path with you. <laughs> That's cool, I mean, though. It, it is, it's very cool. It's very cool. But it's just like, uh, you know, finding a, a wristwatch with zero mechanics or mechanisms, something that looks like a wristwatch. Oh, yeah. Well, imagine the theory, though. Like, imagine there's, like, a, a guy, and he's just walking along, he has a regular wristwatch on, and uh, all of a sudden he's dropped into this random CERN-created black hole that <laughs> just appeared in the middle of San Francisco or something, and he showed up in 400 years ago in China, and, and they're, like, about to kill him, and he's like, oh, take my watch, uh, and they're so, like, amazed by this that they create all these relics to, to cherish this amazing thing that they call a watch. See, I just answered it for you. Take that to the bank. Why would they make it ring size? They didn't have enough materials. They're poor. This is from <laughs> the poor guy. The poor guy. The village. The, the Mayans. <laughs> the yeah, starving artist. <laughs> it's not the Mayans. The Chinese boy. Uh, Chinese archaeologists in two thousand eight. So they found it. And they in, say it was like a Mayan civilization. I thought that's what they said. No, it was in a. Hold on, it was like in a Chinese. It was in the Ming Dynasty. I think you missed Oh, Ming me. Dynasty. Yeah. yeah, they were without money too, weren't they? There's no money. There. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so obviously, all this stuff is really cool. Who knows if it'll ever be hashed out? But you know. I like the idea. I like when it goes so crazy where you can almost explain anything away. Like you can just go CERN. It was totally those damn CERNs. CERN. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So now we're, I guess we're going to be uh, moving it on over to Derek to what everybody really wants to hear. Uh, <laughs> Which, for the record, as I explained earlier, that I, I, I thought you were joking about bringing this as the first topic. <laughs> we were talking about, like, hey, I'm, we're doing this podcast about mysteries and, and all sorts of crazy conspiracy theories. And you, could, I got the perfect topic. <laughs> well, okay. So, <laughs> on the surface... I get how you could kind of poo-poo my idea away. We we delved into it a little bit over the phone, we did. but it's like, like so so. I'm thinking more from a because we have machines that are replacing, ultimately replacing humans yeah. in fast food, in manufacturing jobs, in a lot of those jobs. Um, yeah. and, and so. I guess if we're willing to go rabbit hole, and, and, and as we kind of did on the phone, because I get on on the surface, it's like, really, is Derek going to cheapen this by talking <laughs> just about sex robots? And uh, actually, robot just robot. now, just now, just as you said that, we have Luis Felipe Mendez Kamal. Sorry if I butchered your name. Say sex robots, really? <laughs> Everybody's against you, Derek. I already no. had Mac on my side. Thank you very much. <laughs> Mac's gone. He had to leave. <laughs> well, we had him for a second. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm intrigued. Actually, there's a lot of, like, as we talked about, there's a lot of philosophical implications and what it's actually going to do to humanity. I think there's, uh, you know, I don't want to take it to your thunder. So, but I think, uh, no, I think there's some really intriguing stuff here. Go for it. And a lot of intrigue. This one gets especially close to home because it's obviously uh, happening in Houston, Texas, and they're trying to, and and you have both sides of the aisle just 
you know, tearing each other apart over this. And then again, if, if we're, if we're looking not just topical, but we're looking at the implications. Yeah. The, the idea that we would be basically subbing out real women and real emotions that can be encountered through sexual intercourse or, you know, going to th think about, and, and this is something I started to think about more from the, the, I guess I shouldn't say male's perspective, but from the not from, from the human perspective versus the robot perspective, does this take away the, the stigma of negativity from going to a prostitute? Does this, is there right. still a measure of cheating on your spouse? If, if it's in literally an inanimate object, but then again, why, why are we, why are we furthering this science? Why, why are we going pushing into these realms when when we're it's not even a perfected science in the industries it's in right now, be it fast food, be it again, uh, uh, not next, but uh, as far as like how cars are constructed, I'm, I'm, it's it's failing when when they put cars together. That that kind of animation, all those systems and robots that put things together. Yeah. So so you're saying, in other words, like, why is it always sex first? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you and, know, I, just as a, an aside, because I, I was a web developer uh, moons ago, and I can tell you, anytime there's any kind of new uh, widget gizmo or technique in web development, nine out of ten times, it was first found on porn sites, and then essentially was uh, remanufactured to... Uh, like a regular size. So it's funny because I'll I'll sit there and go to like say the Washington Post or something, and I'll see some cool thing that they're doing now on their site. I'm like, oh, yep, that was on a that was on a porn site because I read an article on this guy who's trying to uh, create some app that does it, and he got his inspiration from some random porn site. <laughs> it's so it just, it, it, it's always it first. Fails. It's always first. It fails. But we talked a little bit on the phone also, like outsourcing this kind of work. Yeah. Again, man, don't don't focus so much on, you know, the the idea of just sex robots. What I, I can't even talk about this is like, what if this is what's next? This is what's next. I mean, this is this is a very, very real thing that's happening. Yeah. So much so that they're it's actually already happened. About, right. Right. That it's. That they're trying to pass a law that it would, you know, that that wouldn't bring it to Houston. And then, I don't know, man, I guess more than anything, I just want to kind of to open the dialogue of like, <laughs> why do we go first with this, these technological advancements? Why do we first go to that seemingly insatiable need and, and lust for that indulgence of sex? Right. Why, why, why does it always go there? And I want to know where people kind of sit with this. Like, yeah, it's uh, not. So, so it, it, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, well, I was just gonna say, like, it's it's not even. It's funny that you mentioned that. Like, where does this sit with people? Because I, you'd probably ask anybody, and it's it's just gonna happen, right? It's it's probably nothing. I mean, it already is happening, like we just said. But but most people would probably say, and I'm speculating that. Sex robots is just going to be a thing, just like uh, porn is a big thing on you know on the internet. Like I, I don't know the percentage, but something crazy, ridiculously high percentage-wise of all internet is is porn. So it's obviously if robots happen, sex robots are going to happen. 
but we're not talking about it, at least in any open form. You know what I mean? So where were you were you asked how are how are people sitting with this? Um since we're not talking about it, it's not in any kind of open critical debate or even open supportive debate. It's just happening and then you'll see an article about it, but there's no like actual conversation happening around it. Then is it gonna is that a good thing? A bad thing? Probably not a good thing. But uh Yeah. I think it's going to have some serious implications on society, which I know you're going to get into in a little bit. Good. Right, so societally, that's that's exactly and you segued brilliantly. What what is it? What does it look like for a society that, as you've mentioned, there seems to be a prevailing narrative, prevailing narrative around if there's a technology that it, or an advancement that happens, it it will we will find some way to put our wieners into it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't. I don't know why that happens, but again, so so think about this. And this is because I actually watched a couple articles about a guy that's trying to further advance. So where, man, it's just weird to me where where they the the way they're able to react in in the physicality of the moment and and some of the things like they're not just lifeless. You know, like when when you think of the term sex robot, it's it becomes so diluted. It's just like, you know, I I can't help but picture like Bender just spread eagle on a mattress. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very much not what we're talking about here. We're just talking purely about... metallic, <laughs> right, right, and just crudely, you know, you know, just opened with a can opener kind of hole. <laughs> And then you got a guy that's just drunk enough. It's like, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> that'll do. Get a couple I mean, of metal talking, shavings, but that's live. That's showbiz, baby. We're talking about anatomically correct. We're talking about yeah. able Reactive. to react. Yeah. Reactive. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, so don't, please don't be dismissive because it's just, I, I feel like the term right. sex robot cheapens it. But yeah. what is that? And this is, this is where, so I started against it because. You know, it's just everybody in Texas is like, this is wrong. This isn't how it should be. Yeah. But, and, and when I say for it, please don't think it's like, oh, Derek just wants to have sex with a robot. That's not it. What I couldn't help. <laughs> There's one in your about, closet right now, isn't there? <laughs> I'm, I'm working on a prototype. It's, <laughs> it's mostly mason jars. and <laughs> I, I've been saving mason jars and tuna cans for the last four years. <laughs> Oh gosh. Uh, her name is Cinnamon. But listen, anyway. <laughs> the the point is is how would be the stigma around fulfilling what's what's inevitably going to happen? Like you said, technology rises up, we find some way to put our wieners into it. That's like yeah. it's hand in hand. So yeah. it's why why then would there be such a stigma around this happening with with an inanimate object? Because, well, it's a huge topic because think about like, so what makes up a living organism, right? Like if you look at just the bare essential, like what is the definition of life? And usually the life is one that has some kind of processing thoughts, one that consumes or at least uh, uh, consumes and expels energy or and all that sort of stuff. But one of the, one of the big uh, definitions of life is reproduction, so right. we're taking we're changing the game on what 
it means to be alive as on one of the main pillars that that uh that that defines life so i see where you're coming from like it's like we 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 like to joke and say oh yeah well we'll just it's just a sex robot i keep it in my closet blah 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 but as evolution of humanity goes forward it might make a weird turn for us that we largely didn't expect or has implications on society as a whole where we're going to evolve to that although sounds silly now but it might actually have a huge effect on us absolutely absolutely and and if you think about the the negative stigma that surrounds brothels or majority of and when i say sex work i mean that is explicit and illicit to you know not not necessarily women who are in porn and things like that but people who sell their bodies or or for sexual gratification of others where where then why why would you th- why do you think it would be something negative to to plug in an inanimate object but to get, because the reality is it's like <laughs> sex in its most primitive form you know like what are we really after that moment of gratification if yeah. we have something that can look, feel, and act in a manner that is pleasing or or arousing, but de- you can take away the the human element that can oftentimes be degrading or harmful, or or if you look at most, uh, I don't know if prostitution is the PC word to use anymore, uh, but sure when you involve when you involve the human element. You get human trafficking, you get right. murder, you get drug use, you get all, all of the things that surround that when we could just take all of the negative away from it, plug right. in a robot and take care of it that way. So again, the implications for society are, again, so this is somebody that I, I don't know that I was so for it before, but it's like, here's where it got weird for me, Rusty. And this maybe this is just a weird way of thinking. Yeah. If that if that doll could replace one of my daughters. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Do you see what yeah. I'm saying? Like it would Yeah, well and there's two ways to think about that. There's one like okay, well now we don't have to worry about, you know, people don't have to sell themselves. Um and that's all fine and good. So in a weird way does that force force would be prostitutes to get real jobs? Or, or is it more the uh, perspective of they took our jobs, <laughs> you know? Like, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea what it's like to be a prostitute. Well, I do uh-huh. a little bit because <laughs> I here I am on <laughs> on YouTube. No, but uh, but is it going to be taken from the perspective of okay, great now the what they call the oldest uh, career or oldest job in the history of mankind is now completely taken over. And so these people, uh, it's weird to say it this way, but these people are now out of work. And is that a good thing? Cause why were they doing it to begin with? Probably cause they didn't have a whole lot of options. Right? Like I can't imagine someone going, uh, I could be a doctor, but I don't know, but you're right in the sense of if that option is no longer available or available to very few, it's like a, a hard gig to get into because you're competing against robots that perform exactly the way that uh, the user 
<laughs> the John. Now they're going to be called users. Um, wants, then their uh, last ditch effort at a job is going to be something that's less uh, demeaning. I don't know. Like, how do you? That that's something that needs to be played out. Like, you can't even begin to answer that. Right, and that's you know, do do you do you what emotions would be evoked from you opening up and there's a headline of. Uh, a poor prostitute robot bludgeoned in an alley and found in a dumpster. Eh. Right. <laughs> but when it's, It'd be like, oh, that poor insurance company. Right. Right. But then think about it from the, and again, I'm using very, I'm sure, old, not PC language. Think about if you're a pimp. Yeah. yeah. This is gonna, this is probably going to sound super degrading, but do you, do you manager have Manager is what they're called. An, Talent manager. I'm, talent manager do you have to have an asian girl a white blonde girl a brunette or can you just change a wig and you've got whatever you need in one doll right 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 yeah because then the <laughs> like they'll just be like detachable parts in order right. to uh, meet the, whatever right. fetish the person needs that, and that's and then we talked about this on the phone does, does that then lead to the fetishizing of a real woman again you know, right. like, that's where it gets trippy. That's weird, right? Where it's right. like, where, where this becomes so much the norm that it's like, oh man, sex robots are great, but if you've been with a real woman, <laughs> right? And then, it, it, and then you can imagine it like starts getting frowned upon, where it's like, okay, imagine every home now. Okay, it's almost like we need to start with the simple fact that uh, humans have desires, sexual desires, right? And of those sexual desires. Sometimes there's a uh, bad, uh, I don't know what you call it, reaction or not reaction, just a bad, uh... now I'm like completely lost in what I was going to say, but the, the concept that we can eliminate the bad from our own desires would lead it to make it look even more worse it's almost like okay we we eliminated the let's say we eliminated the uh people being poor and starving like let's we completely eliminated that now we have someone that's actually poor and starving in this new utopian society that's going to look so much worse now so if we if we have sex robots that essentially take care of prostitution take care of you know so no stds are, are no longer a thing all the bad that comes out of any kind of sexual desire then we'll kind of lean towards sex robots like for everything and so when someone wants to actually have intimacy with a real person and i'm not talking about tomorrow this is something that would take years and years to to go through right but at what point then does the human on human action, which is going to be its own like its own fetish, becomes almost disgusting? I look at it kind of like we, we kind of see that with pregnancy. And uh, one of the things that uh, my wife was wanting to do is to have a natural birth. And I kept saying, why? <laughs> why would you do that? And from her perspective, it's kind of like a badge of honor. But from my perspective, it's like, okay, it sucks that you have to give birth. It's going to be this incredible, incredible pain. And we have modern technology to keep that pain at bay. And you could just spurt the little crap out and not have any worries or concerns about dying also 
why sit there and get a midwife and have the baby naturally? And uh, I don't know if that's changing, but it seems like more and more people are doing uh, less than natural births. Is that going to be the same with sex robots where all of a sudden you're going to, it's going to be weird or fetishized to have person on person action? Is it going to be a weird category in your, in your, on, on the porn site? Absolutely. And that's, I just don't think, at least here in Texas, I don't think the outrage actually fits like if you're willing to think beyond again, so so even not only does the name sex robots, not only does it diminish it, but I I it 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 kind of it's a double-edged sword. Like it, it diminishes, it's like that's not a serious topic. What do you this is a ridiculous show? But at the same time, then it's like sex robots, what technology's taking over the world, you know. And so you have these these extremes on either end, but it's like if you really, really boil it down a little bit for again, the implications. What could this mean? What could this represent? Could could it be those again those primal desires and urges being able to be fulfilled with no negative repercussions whatsoever? Right, right. Unless you get like uh, you know rug burn from the uh, rubber. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. No, <laughs> shut the whole thing down. You know, for some rug burn. But if you have like a allergic to, you know, silicone or something. But I, I don't know, man. I, I, I when I go to a sex store and I, and I look at all of the things that are available already. Yeah. The idea of adding a technology that that would make this thing act in a certain way while it's happening. Like we have guys putting their wieners in things that look like flashlights. <laughs> <laughs> that are molded <laughs> after their favorite porn stars' vaginas. No, no outrage <laughs> over that. that. That's being sold at you know, right. CD twenty-four hour. You know, you know, but but this this is outrageous. This is where it has to stop. And and I just don't think. So where does that outrage just, come from? Like, what are their reasonings? What do they like? They ha- they can't just hold up a sign. Well, people do. So that's actually a real thing that people just hold up signs and say, "I'm against this," but they don't actually have any uh, backup. But what are some of what you would argue are reasonable uh, reactions of why sexual robots should not be a thing? I'm assuming know, I, it's mostly religious space, but exactly that that seems to be the. Uh... When it comes to that side of the argument, it seems to be faith-based or, or religious-based entirely, and it's here's what it comes down to for me. If you consider the alternative, you know, like does the the presence of sex robots take away from you know? Because and this is the thing, man. What we do, what we don't know, like if there's something like this that's out there, do we see a a lessening of sexual crimes, you know, predat- right. in, that are predatory in nature? Because you have that fulfillment and that kink that you can do to something that's completely inanimate. You don't have to go outside into a creepy alley. It's right in your closet. That's you know, and, and so it's like, do I want it to be where? You know, the the future of our world, when I thought about it, I'm like, no, that's just wrong. But it's like, mm-hmm. again, what if you consider the alternative, 
What if it's somebody's mother or their daughter? Yeah. We're talking about a robot, man. And again, something that <laughs> that guy, he would go and spend a hundred dollars on a flashlight. Give him, give him $85 for a night of uh, a doll that's dressed up like an Asian chick, you know, just, just right. Again, are they going to find the means otherwise? Because what are the what are the extreme ends of the means? Actual rape, actual sexual molestation, actual. Right. And, and again, I know that the, you know, I shouldn't be discounting that the narrative should be, well, just teach people not to rape. Teach, okay, well, so far as I've seen, I don't see anywhere where it's explicitly being taught that rape is cool or that it should be happening, yeah. but it still is. It still is. Yeah, and so if if this is a, a healthy alternative, where nobody involved gets hurt, I just and maybe I don't know. Maybe I've thought about it too much, but I I can't even take my religious wherewithal towards this and be like, no, this is just definitely bad because I if you consider the alternative, I I would recognize that this would be something better. Yeah, and I, I I would love to hear the other side of it, like why it would be a bad idea to go down the sex robots route. And I can only assume it would be, you know, concerned that it would make us sex fiends and would never leave the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, in fact, I think there's a Futurama episode. Did you ever see that? Where, like, he has, uh, God, I want to say it's Lucy Liu, sex robot or something like that. And he, <laughs> he like, never leaves the house and just complete debauchery and... But uh, I don't think so. I mean, we, we kind of had had even with like uh, as easy access as everybody has to porn now. It's not like it's stopped the world. We're not. We're still going outside and and all that. So I I don't know. I, I would have to imagine the only uh, response or or people that are going against it from a religious standpoint is is just that that they they're concerned it's going to like corrupt society even more and make make us more sexualized or something like that but you're right like what on the other side the potential for it to reduce crime and uh and save you know a lot of uh life destroying crimes from happening then then yeah i mean it sounds like something that's gonna probably do a lot more good than we'd ever imagine but who knows maybe people said the same thing about about porn you know they said oh well all these prostitutes are gonna be out of a job because now everybody's got a computer and you could just stay at home i don't know but uh yeah sex robots is a whole other thing because you know what use do we have for prostitutes after that then i would imagine like to begin with like to really kind of take over and have a big impact on society you would, um, they would have to be pretty realistic, I'd imagine. And adding to that narrative of like, you know, out of work prostitutes, I, I'm just, I'd be intrigued to know how many, how many women choose that out of desperation, not as like a, not necessarily a first career choice. So if that option's not there, who well, knows? They, you know, well, I, do, I, yeah. I know it's crazy. Maybe they become a doctor instead. I, I know that's, but it's like I, I've had friends before that have got into to stripping that, and then it was kind of a slippery slope from there. And again, I'm not knocking or discrediting the value of the work that they do. Clearly, it made them money. There's clearly a market for it. But 
what what would they choose otherwise? You know, I I, I just right. it's and and this is why I chose this topic because it's it's in the least it's it provokes thought and that's yeah. So I, I know on the surface it's like <laughs> sex robots. I get it, but it's and then beyond <laughs> that, you know, like what are we if if this technology is there and available, right? I not. I I just I I don't know. The more I get to thinking about it, it's like. The the pros that at least that I could come up with far outweighed the cons. Far outweighed the cons. It would be really like them. It would open up different jobs. So maybe those uh, ladies that uh, no longer have the job of being a prostitute, they could be. Uh, they can clean up. They could be the dumpers. <laughs> That's kind of gross. Like the dumpers. Like the, so like so you're saying they're they're opening it up in Texas like they're they're creating brothels, which means you shared a robot with an, multiple other gentlemen. Someone's got to clean that. Is there going to be new health inspectors to uh, come in and uh, pull out some kind of chemical stick and check and maybe a neon lights or something or black lights? <laughs> like <laughs> is there going to be some kind of regulation for goodness sake? I mean, is there regulation now? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is yeah, I think there is, isn't there? Like, uh, don't they get tested? I'm, I'm talking about places where it's legal. Okay, I, then uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think they get tested or something, and then uh, I, I mean, beyond that, I have no idea. Like, it's not like they're serving food, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I don't know. I wonder if like a new disease will come about from the widespread of uh, of sex robots, like some kind of weird mutation of a STD that that happens because silicon and quantum mechanics have a baby. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Dude, this is how we get zombies. This is why we can't have those things. Sex robot zombies. That's what the title should have been. Because when we, when we try to have robots, we try to put our wieners in them. It's just... <laughs> it's who we are. Oh, man. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, for our first show, I think it was pretty good. What do you think? I really like hearing myself talk, so I thought this went really well. <laughs> just random thoughts. Well, like, it's funny because I think uh, there's a lot to explore here, especially in terms of philosophy and of course it's just basically it's just like one of those stoner shows where like you know you smoke a doobie and just listen to us and talk about random crap but i don't know this is the stuff that intrigues us and i know there's a lot of people out there that that have the same have the same mindset they just want to go down the rabbit hole and just kind of think about the implications of things but not actually do anything to better society <laughs> that's what theory inc is all about uh, any uh, any final words there, Derek? I just wanted to point out that first off, I don't smoke weed, but I don't know that you could have chose a less cool word to uh, describe yeah. a marijuana cigarette. <laughs> what I call it a doobie? <laughs> a doobie. Yeah, doobie. Is that bad? Is that not what the kids call it these days? Bro, uh, kids kids are dabbing, bro. Kids are dabbing. Dabbing. My kids dab. Are you telling me every time they do this number that they're actually I, popping in? A... So it's the. 
what is it? It's like the extract form. It looks like a, it's like honey. I mean, it, it looks like a, I don't know. It's like a. Oh, you're talking about like the pure THC stuff. It's like an no. oil, a resin, right? No, I'm I'm talking about an extract that they get like, and they <clears throat> pack it in, and then they heat it, and they, it, it's crazy. It's dabs. Look up dabs, Rusty. This is this is how I know. You don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Back in my day, that was called resin. It was uh, doobies, but now doobies. I guess it's called dabs, which is cool. I guess. Oh, so this certain amount that you take, you take a dab of the extract. So that's so when you do a fat for the record, dab, I'm pretty sure we're both sounding very lame right now. <laughs> I, I I told you as a disclaimer before that I don't smoke weed, and so. <laughs> You calling it a doobie just makes you sound like a lame old dad. I at least know what a dab is. Mm, a stogie full of <laughs> marijuanas. Mary Jane. I once smoked three pots, Rusty. Three whole pots. <laughs> <laughs> I did not inhale. Uh, we're old. Listen, man. Tune in next week for uh, Sex Robots. <laughs> <laughs> We're More just, sex robots. We are going to be on this topic gonna, for months. We are going to use it like a sex robot, quite literally. <laughs> well, all right. So I guess that does conclude our first Theory Inc. podcast, where we learned a lot about ancient civilizations, sex robots, and the overlap between of ancient artifacts, sex toys. We didn't even talk about that. We should have talked about that. But I uh, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, again, if you'd like and subscribe to our show, we'd be very grateful and it would encourage us to keep making these random, weird, one-off shows. But also, uh, go ahead and check out the other videos that we have where we talk about uh, simulation theory. Also, I'm working on drumming up an alien UFO theory, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, that should be coming up in the next couple of weeks. And I started posting daily, or at least trying to do daily on Instagram and Twitter, where I just had these random ponderings of the mind, or I might come across a cool article. Go ahead and check that out, too, because that's, that's always fun whenever uh, I just have a random thought out, throw it out there, and then you guys take and run with it uh, and create your own theories. But, uh, again, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll have to see you next time. But in the meantime, stay pondering.